Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option may work in their case. And if you feel you're stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Today, I'm extremely pleased to be with Lindsay Dupuis. <laughs> Do I pronounce it right, Lindsay? It's um, Dupuis. Dupuis. It's yeah. a French name. In, in English, it's Dupuis. In French, it would be pronounced a little Dupuis. bit differently. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Now, Lindsay, you are a mindfulness-based mental health counselor living here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how you ended up in Halifax and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Well, um, very long story short, I ended up in Halifax one year ago um, after I had spent years traveling and living abroad. Um, I landed back in Canada about two, I think actually almost three years ago now. Um, what did you do before that? Uh, Where were you born? <laughs> I am from, originally I'm from Kingston, Ontario, hmm. um, and I grew up there, lived in the same household all my life, and um, I went to school in Toronto where I studied psychology. Um, I did a my major or my specialist in psychology, and I did a minor in Buddhism, psychology, and mental health, which is when... I first started meditating. That's an so, interesting combination. Yeah, it was it was totally new to me at the time. I was interested in psychology, but the world of mindfulness and meditation hadn't quite become mainstream, or it was just becoming mainstream at that time. So, oh, how long ago is um, it? Because you're still so young. It can't be long ago. <laughs> I look I look younger than I am, but um, so that was that's a positive. <clears throat> um, That was in 20, I was, oh, let's see, I was at University of Toronto from 20, no, sorry, 2005 until 2009. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was. Ten years it, ago. Yeah. Yeah, mindfulness 15, just, like was 15, a word it was that... just starting to become mainstream. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I, I started to meditate and I kind of thought it was a, it was very foreign, it was very uncomfortable for me at the beginning. I kind of thought, well, what's the point of this? And mm -hmm. if anything, it kind of made me frustrated and annoyed. No, why did you start at all? Um, well, actually, I was introduced to it by somebody that I went to university with, um, just as a personal practice. And so, and why did you start it? I started to... to Peer pressure? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, just for my own, my own health, my own you wanted sanity. To try it? I was a, yeah. you know, stressed out university student and oh, yeah. I wanted to, 
um, yeah, find a way to to relax and learn how to better take care of my my health, my physical and mental okay. health. Okay, so, so you tried this weird method, and yes. it was weird at the beginning. And how yes. long did it take until you started to like it? Oh gosh, um, I would say probably. Oh, I was on and off for a little while, but I would say within. Oh, it probably took me a few years before I started to actually really like it and really get it. Now, that's important for people to know because yeah. many people think, oh, meditation, they just do it and then they know it right away. And it right. takes time and oh, practice. Oh, gosh, yes, it does. It really, it really does. Um, and I think it's also that, you know, when you're in university, and I, I've worked with university students in my counseling practice uh, now as an adult, and I just find that that, at that age, it's harder to, it's harder to really grasp it. Mm. Like I, I didn't feel the benefit as much until I was further along into my twenties. And then, um, again, I, I kind of had that experience. Uh, I used to work at Queens university and I ran their, their, uh, mindfulness program uh -huh. at lunchtime for students. And again, it was, I, I saw a lot of the same struggles in them that I saw in myself. So I find adults tend to, um, maybe get a little more out of it, but that's not always the case. That's just mm. from, from what I've witnessed and what I experienced. I think if you have a certain amount of life experience, you have more insight in yourself. Exactly, exactly. Because I yeah. really didn't start myself to have any insight in who I really was until I was 12 or 14 myself. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, oh, I didn't know that person. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you slowly transgress and now I'm six, no, no, 58, not 60. <laughs> don't age yourself. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. I always tell the story. My dear mother, she'll be 90 next year. We talked wow. about it, yeah. aging. And she said, oh, you're not old until you're 85. So, Lindsay, you have a long <laughs> stretch of youth ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, meditation helps. Absolutely. Now, tell yeah. me more about what happened after you finished that stint at the university, right. did the yes. program at Queen's University. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, I didn't. I actually, I worked at Queen's okay. uh, just yeah. a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was, okay. um, after I finished my own studies, I, I went on to do a postgraduate diploma. And then after I finished that, um, and before I started my master's degree, um, I decided to go abroad and do some traveling and mm -hmm. get some volunteer experience. So where did you um, go? Well, naturally, I, I went to Africa. <laughs> Africa? Why is it natural? Yeah. <laughs> Because when you Not think you study Buddhism, <laughs> naturally, I would have thought India. Right. So yeah. tell me, how about what did you do in Africa? So I went, um, again, I was just looking for a completely different experience. And yeah. this was my, my first time really abroad. I had never been across the ocean before. So the very first place I was actually Tanzania and um, yeah I was looking for a challenge and I definitely got a challenge um, I went to work with young women in mental health care um, and I ended up well I ended up doing some fundraising for a group of women once I learned that the program had fallen through the girls had 
dropped out. They were on the street. Um, and essentially, they were on the street so they could earn money to take care of their basic needs, which was what I found. That was that was the priority. Um, mm. So people people were struggling with their mental health, but at the end of the day, it was their physical health, or sorry, their um, basic needs. Their basic needs that to needed eat. to be yes, yeah. yeah. So I ended up doing this fundraising work for a group, uh, actually two groups of women. Mm-hmm. Um, one was in a small community where we we ended up um, putting together mm-hmm. a, a chicken co-op. Nice. Um, which they're still running to this day. Wonderful. Um, and for the second group, we ended up doing fundraising for small business startups. So it was a smaller group, about, I think, 11, 11 women at the time. And we got them running small like uh, fruit and veggie stands in the market. Um, yeah, just sim- simple businesses like repairing clothes. and It's better than just begging or selling themselves. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So um, that was my first, that was my first stint in Africa. Okay, and what did you do after that? Um, well, that was, that was really the beginning of my international living. Uh, Like I said, it was really a stretch to go that far the first time around. Um, And it ended up being the beginning of several years of traveling abroad. Um, So I actually ended up meeting somebody when I was over there from Denmark. Um, And we, we ended up traveling the world for a few years. We were in China. We were in Canada for a bit, um, and we ended up in Denmark, his home. Um, and that's when I started so to do. So were a couple and fell in love. Yeah, and that's the, all uh, the goodies. <laughs> um, so we decided to start. Yeah, just have uh, have a bit of a home base in in Denmark, and that's when I was working on my masters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing it all through correspondence, so I was able to take it with me. Um, but did you do the masters in, in in a Canadian university? Yes, it's a yeah, it's called Yorkville University, yeah. and it's it's all mm-hmm. correspondence based out of New Brunswick. And um, so I, when it came time to do my final practicum, I was in Denmark, and I discovered something called nature-based mindfulness therapy. Ah. Uh, so I, yeah, I spent almost a year working on a therapy garden teaching mindfulness and meditation and doing mindfulness-based cognitive therapy with um, people who were on stress leave from work and dealing with a lot of anxiety in their lives, um, which was incredibly rewarding. Um, And then once I graduated, I started to, well, the goal was to stay in Denmark long term. Um, And so I started working with other English-speaking foreigners in Copenhagen. Um, That was the plan was to start a private practice and to get married, have children, <laughs> and live happily there. ever after. Yeah. yeah, except that was really kind of the beginning of um, uh, of a really difficult time. Um, uh-huh. It was this was 2014 by that point, and um, it was in the Europe was in the midst of the Syrian refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. So the governments were changing and switching over to very right-winged governments, and the first crackdown they made was on foreigners, immigrants, uh, generally yeah, coming boom. into the country. Yeah, and clear cut. Uh, yes. So basically, for the next couple of years, I was in limbo, waiting. And you wouldn't even for, get a working permit. 
I had no, I was my initial visa um, that allowed me to do my practicum work had come to an end. Mm -hmm. And I was told that it would be three, three months to wait for a longer term residency permit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it ended up being after 13 months, I got a rejection. Mm. And I wasn't allowed to work at all during that time. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we filed an appeal and started working with an immigration lawyer, and I was in and out of the country for at least another eight months. Now, that is a good point to stop the first half because it's a real cliffhanger. (laughs) Now, everybody wants to know, how is Lindsay coming from the picket fence home in Denmark back to Canada? This brings me to the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more about mindfulness and what Lindsay is doing now in Halifax. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE-FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Lindsay Dupuis. Ah, you got it. I got it. Oh, my God. It's difficult because I'm from German descent, but I had French in school and I wasn't sure how to pronounce it properly. So thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> in the first half, we talked about your interesting way away from Canada and ending up in a relationship and the picket fence in the future. In Denmark. Now, what happened? Right. You didn't get your visa right. to stay and work? Yeah. So, it, like I was saying before, we started going through the appeal process mm-hmm. and working with an immigration lawyer. And the wait just went on and on and on, and the prospects really didn't look good. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, after pretty close to two years of going through this struggle, um, we pulled the plug, and just the relationship came to an end. How and did that happen? Was it a little rocky before, or did he not like that you couldn't get there, stay there? He wanted to stay there, and yeah, he wanted to stay there, mm. and he was tied. He was back in school. He was tied down to his studies. And um, mm-hmm. coming to Canada wasn't really an option because we had already done a year in Canada. So mm-hmm. he had exhausted the most reasonable visa option. <laughs> um, so even marriage, we were we were like a week away from getting married as well. When the when that everything. must have been pretty bad. It was, um, yeah, it was devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even, yeah, begin to to describe how how hard that was to go from just feeling so um, so excited about the future. And I, I really loved European life. Yeah. It was, I you know, I was setting up my practice. I had, I was making new friends. I was learning the language. Um, I had a nice apartment in downtown Copenhagen. It was lovely. Um, and I just really felt like I fit in with the, mm. the value system or I really sort of resonated with the value system. So it was... To go from really enjoying where I was to suddenly dumped back home. And I love Canada, don't get me wrong. No, no, and and, and I understand that. And I think that experience is very important because we have immigrants here 
that get dumped the same way and right. sent back to a maybe unstable yeah. home. And yeah. they have that experience maybe too. Yeah. So it, it, is, it is very, very interesting and very important yeah. that, that we share experiences like that. Yeah. So, and so it you was came back just, to Canada yeah. at the bottom of your. I was, yeah, and I was yourself. in my, I was in my early thirties at that point. Mm. So I really to be, you know, about to get married and kind of start my adult life. Mm. To now, I'm single. I'm. I don't have any career direction, or I didn't really know what I was doing myself with myself. Um, so my where in Canada were, did you decide to go? Well, I was back home in Kingston for a yeah, bit to, to get myself grounded. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the important thing to sort of mention here is that while I was going through all of this um, struggle, I, I kind of got away from my meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So I, when I look back on things now, I can see that um, being away from the practice really, it really... Um, I got away from myself and what was best for me. And I realized that I was kind of, I was pushing and pushing and holding on to something that for a long time I kind of knew wasn't really the best thing. Even and that's another important experience yeah. because so many people know what they should do, but we fall off the bandwagon. Yeah. I see yeah. that a lot with people that want to lose weight. Right. They diet for a while and are happy, and then they get away from it, fall off right. the bandwagon, and yeah. never get back on. So you did get back on. I did, yeah. And it mm -hmm. was a, it was really, really tough. Again, it was almost like starting over again. Yeah. I was just because of the the stress and the the upset with everything that happened. I was in a very bad physical and mental place. I mean, I just felt so ill, so tired. So I just felt so hopeless and just really the worst mental state of my life. Mm. Um, how did you pick yourself up or how did you get right? Up? Well, honestly, um, going back to my meditation practice and really turning inwards was a huge part of that. Um, mm. So for me, for me, the practice really means listening to your true self and connecting with your personal values and yeah essentially following your intuition um instead of you know because we're pulled so much by external factors from the world around us and all these shoulds and these pressures um, which I feel partially played into how I kind of ended up where I was. Mm. Not not entirely at all, but um, in some ways. So to me, getting back into that practice helped me move forward. Um, so I ended up, that's what brought me to Halifax. <laughs> I, yeah, to I, East Coast. I started to really embrace, I thought, you know what, I, I do, Canada's my home. Um, I really do love it here. And if I'm going to make the best of things, then I'm going to, I had, that was the nice thing. I did have freedom. I had flexibility. I had, didn't have, I wasn't tied down by anything. Um, so I was able to relocate. Within, I wanted to stay in the country so I didn't deal with more visa struggles anymore. No, I don't blame you. And you uh, came to Canada be, uh, to Halifax because I, I, there, a pull to the East Coast, and yeah. again, I can't really put words to it or explain it. Except again, I just felt that it was a place for me. Yeah. So it's and, wonderful how you trusted your intuition yeah, and yeah, it pulled you here. And yeah. for me, it was the same way, just yeah. the Western way. But it's the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now and tell me a little bit more. What are you doing now? And yeah. 
How did you evolve into becoming a mindfulness mental health counselor? Right. Well, again, a lot of my my training and my background is in um, sort of Eastern-based uh, therapy or mindfulness-based therapy and counseling. Um, but so I, I, I'm actually doing primarily online counseling right now, which mm-hmm. is a, a whole story in itself. Um, but I, it's very convenient because we have bad weather sometimes. Yes, and exactly. as long as we have power, we are available. Yeah, um, it's it's a great way. I think after living internationally, I really felt like I wanted to be I wanted to continue connecting with people mm-hmm. regardless of location. So it's been a fantastic way. It was a great way for me to stay in touch with the people I connected with in in Denmark. So my old clients when I was doing my practicum work. Um, And then I started to realize there was a demand for it in Canada. And people preferred to meet that way because maybe they live in small communities. Maybe, you know, everybody knows each other where they live. So it's a way for them to be more um, discreet. And it's also more affordable. Very true, very Um, true. So now you do mindfulness-based mental health counseling. Anything that you prefer to counsel, any illness labels, I call them, they're not really separate illnesses. Right. Um, Well, I work primarily... Sorry. Yeah, what kind of uh, illness or labels do you work with? Um, So, sorry, I work with... uh, I work primarily with people who... Um, are dealing with anxiety mm-hmm. or chronic stress, burnout, mm-hmm. um, and depression. Yeah. So I mean that really covers That's a lot a of people. Big, big mental illnesses of our yeah. time. Yeah. And when somebody listens to this show that yeah. falls in one of those categories or labels, mm-hmm. and they want to try mindfulness-based mental health counseling, how mm-hmm. can they reach you? Um, well, they can reach me through my website mm-hmm. um, or by email. What's your website? Uh, the website is lindsaydupuy.ca. So that's my name. Just spell it L- for yeah. the listeners that are not too French-oriented. Sure. It's lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, Dupuy, D-U-P-U-I-S dot C-A. Okay. And my email address is hello at lindsaydupuy.ca. No, that's cool. They say hello to you when they email you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I work uh, through online video counseling. So I use a program called VC, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to Skype or to Zoom. Um, It is HIPAA compliant, so it means it has a higher level of security for for telehealth care. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, it's free to use, very easy to set up. And uh, yeah, so no, it's that's a wonderful. very easy, nice way to meet from people from their homes. So for those that want to contact you, I'll just repeat it. Mm-hmm. Go to their website. It's www.lindsaydupuy.ca, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-D-U-P-U-I-S.ca. That's right, yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Lindsay. It was a pure pleasure to hear from you. And even though you say you're no longer that young, you are still so young from my standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you all the best for your career. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been a pleasure.
It's been a true pleasure, and this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Lindsay and can't find her email or website, my email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca, or you can contact me through my website, which is docchristine.com, D-O-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. And I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Cecil Wright. You're the best. Thank you. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thanks, you all, for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIO EFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.